everyone and welcome to the Splatsportation Book Club podcast where I invite a guest from the extreme horror and splatpunk community onto the show to chat about a book they like. Uh, this is the second part of this episode as I have Otis Bateman still with me uh, to talk about another book because uh, he's been greedy and wanted to talk about two. Gimme, gimme, like, gimme. Yeah, I was like, we can do that. That's not a problem. Just as this one's a shorter book. Um, well, I did. I did. To be honest, I did say I was going to kill Stephen if he didn't do it. So I think he knew what was the wise yeah. decision. Yeah, I figured. Okay, well, I'll talk about this awesome book again. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, um, it's so, probably. Whoops. Go ahead. Sorry. I was to say, yeah, the book we're going to chat about is uh, "Exquisite Hunger" by Emma E. Murray. Um, it's a shorter book that I'm not entirely sure is out properly properly yeah like it's on her website right but um, i don't know if it's out kind of wide yeah um it is actually um the where you could get it is her uh is through a publishing uh, it's medusa house right um if you check on uh if you check on like the links i've done on facebook about her uh, yeah i'll try and that. put a link in the um in the video as well so but it, it's it's a uh i think a limited chat chap book from there and also they have it where you can purchase the ebook there and if i'm not mistaken that that was the only place you could get the ebook as well it's not available on amazon as far as i could tell because that was the first place i looked because uh eric laroca La uh mentioned it in an upcoming novel she has written and that's what kind of like got the wheels going on me i was like well, who's this and then i found that so I ordered the book and the ebook and started the ebook and like was pretty much blown away. Wasn't afraid to let people know. I let Stephen know and uh, he picked it up and read it. Kind of, I think, felt the same way, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I thought it was fantastic. Powerful I'd read, um, I'd read one of her stories before in uh, in um, I was it ooze. Yeah, said? it was in a uh, Rufan Evans's ooze. Uh, she had one of the stories in there. And yeah, it was really good. Like I reviewed that a while back on the channel and I'd kind of forgot, like, you know, like it was a good story, but I'd forgotten who the author was. And it's only when I read this one, I was like, oh, what else has she done? And then I was like, oh shit, I read that story. That was really good. Like, so yeah, she's yeah. kind of two for two in my eyes. Yeah, that's great. I need to, I need to check out that. I've been meeting, I, I think I probably even have it in my Kindle somewhere because, uh, because June said it, some other people. So I'm sure I have it. So I need to look into that. Uh, but yeah, this is my stories in that one. I definitely yes. recommend it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, this is like my first real introduction to Emma E. Murray, and like I said, I fangirled out. It is good <laughs> stuff. Just her writing is. It, it tells such a vivid picture, and it's like written so beautifully. It's like um, with all heinous stuff too. So it's not just flowery prose or whatever. Uh, it's very well written. Um, there's some horror, some pretty gnarly violence in this. Um, uh, but, you know, we'll get to that. But what struck me first was just the writing style. Very distinct. Um, uh, very polished, I thought. Mm. I was like, wow, this is really blowing my mind up with, like, mental images. I love it. Because sometimes, you know, you can read a new person and their their voice isn't as distinct where they're you know it's more show than tell you know yeah. this was all so much show like i was really impressed like right off the bat but yeah 
Um, yeah, I thought she painted that initial picture really well, and but it also felt quite personal, right? Like there was a bit of an intimacy to the to the character. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think there is. Uh, Is, do you, you know, learn her name? Oh, I can't remember. You I don't even. It's it's kind of like dead. In, it's kind of like dead inside, where you don't know the narrator's name. She never. Yeah. You, you never learn of it. Um, I just call her. You know, narrator. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's what I do every time. I don't know. Like narrator. Because yeah. I flipped uh, back through and I was like, oh, maybe the police say, but they don't. So. Yeah, and uh, I did get uh, Emma to respond about kind of like the genesis of uh, the idea for the book. And I don't know if we want to save it for the end because uh, it kind of fully explains like the story before we kind of get into it. Okay, yeah, it's not like horribly long, yeah, but you can go for that at the end if you like. Yeah. But do you see? Yeah, yeah, okay. I may save her thoughts for the end just so you know people aren't like stuck with that because I'd like people to kind of like maybe form their own ideas and then yeah. hear what she thought by the end. So we might do it like that, but I do. I did reach out and got that, so that's kind of a fun treat, I think. Yeah. But um, the one thing that's interesting about this narrator is um, they're a shut-in. Um, they don't like to leave the house um, there uh, unless they have to. Um, she she considers herself not pretty. Um, she's very um, awkward. Um, it's 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 interesting like the, it's kind of like this person really has like one of the worst um the way they they talk about themselves it's like they consider themselves kind of like a, a nothing of a person which is pretty pretty sad right off the bat um and to to mirror that the character that she uh, becomes enamored with uh, her name is uh, Carly and uh, Carly is her uh she even says this Uh, Carly was my antithesis. Her body was soft and petite, while mine was long and skeletal. Lips a constant pout, while mine pulled up an offense smile. And I like that. Um, so she's kind to to me in that sentence. Uh, Carly's everything that she kind of would like to be, maybe. Mm. Um, the light as opposed to the dark. Um But yeah, so she's kind of like this her hermit girl. She uh, has uh, she re works remotely from home and only has online friends. So yeah. that's kind yeah, of the setup had, of the story. Yeah, because you have that setup, don't you? And then it's like kind of you feel for the girl. Like you can see that she's a bit kind of like insular and like you said, doesn't really go out. And it kind of it's not the longest of stories, but you know you kind of form an earlier opinion of oh, okay, right. Like, I feel a little for her. And then the next thing you know, she's like staring at the cow through the window and masturbating outside the house. So you're like, oh shit, okay. Like, so yeah, she's, she's really not, not just totally a loner. You're a little bit crazy. Like, right. Yeah. She's definitely, uh, definitely insane. Um, <laughs> you, you learn that further we go you into the story. Because at first she seems innocent, but, uh, uh, it slowly unravels like, wow. And like the steps she goes at the end is very insane. So, um, When she meets Carly, uh, she's um, she's unloading some large red box out of her uh, vehicle. Um, mm. We don't know what it is, but she's struggling with it. And uh, when she sees that girl for the first time, she she writes, she basically she knew she wanted Carly, but not in the typical sense of mere lust. What it, 
what it was that what she wanted was something nebulous and just out of her grasp because there's something about her Carly that makes her want her but like not is like what she would think it's not attraction mm. per se um, it's kind of like on the tip of her tongue there's something but we don't know she doesn't know so it's kind of an interesting you know position we're in like well what is it then if it's not yeah. attraction so we don't know at first and she doesn't know at first so um let's see yeah i thought that bit was kind of yeah a bit kind of uh haunting right a bit kind of like oh shit like this isn't good like yes and that and now i remember where i was going it, it is the scene where you said she was watching her from the window yeah. and, and she starts touching herself she's uh, carly's combing her hair she's in her uh, underwear and a little shirt um she you know the narrator says they didn't try to do that it wasn't their goal they were out for their they kind of do daily walks i think just to get out of the house yeah for a little bit walks around it's, i think it's obviously a, an apartment complex so she catches sight of uh, carly there and at some point she accidentally bites the inside of her mouth very hard and like fills her mouth full of blood and like the the meeting of the blood and seeing the visual springs it into her crazed mind where she wants to eat her uh it's just uh, it's crazy because uh it it unlocks her inner desire for her and she writes as she's figures this out now she's like visions of slaughter supple flesh split open burying my face among the toy torn muscles and sinews slathering myself in her blood Laughing at the bubbling juices as her meat cooks over an open flame. I couldn't help myself sliding my hand into my pants and finishing in a mind-numbing orgasm nearly instantly. <laughs> so she immediately somehow uh, decided that she wanted to eat Carly, to possess her in that way, like to devour her, which is crazy. Yeah. And I just like the thought process of like, that's it. I didn't want to rape her. I wanted to eat her. Like, I should have known. <laughs> yeah. Because she goes on to say, I wanted something deeper than sex or love with Carly. I wanted to possess her wholly to consume her every bit. So yeah. the, the the plan forms then and she's wait, waiting for the right time to try it and act this insane plan. <laughs> so this is where the I think I got a little confused. This is where the the box. She's uh trying to pull something yeah, out of the car. Yeah, this is she tries to yeah she tries to help her bring the stuff into the car and yeah it's kind of like yeah, the... um she kind of puts on a bit of a face to do it as well because she's kind yeah. of all like oh we can do it like it's fine like you know yeah a bit kind of girl powery like you know she's, yeah everything you've seen from her from this point isn't this kind of bubbly personality that she suddenly right. She it's does put on, on a, a fake facade, like overly mm. bubbly, outgoing, seemingly. She tells her that, oh, I'm really good at, she learns that it's going to be a bookcase. And she's like, I'm really good at building that. I help my mom yeah. all the time. So she kind of slowly guides Carly into like trusting her and not seeing mm. her as a threat, which wasn't very probably hard. She does, she portrayed herself as a meek person. So uh, I don't think she felt uh threatened at all which was you know 
which worked to yeah, obviously the like, narrator's yeah, benefit. I just like the fact that she knew she had to be someone else, right? Like if she yeah. approached this girl as herself, the plan probably would fall apart. Like for somebody that kind of felt a little spur at the moment, kind mm -hmm. of well, opportunist almost. Right. Like at the same I, time, she had already worked out like this girl's not gonna go for me. Like I need oh, to yeah. do a bit more here. Yeah. I totally um and I don't know if anyone else would get this but me, but I totally that scene plays out in my head like how Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs would trick those <laughs> ladies. Like he had yeah. like his hand in a cast and he was trying to get the couch out, like just seemed kinda like this like someone you could kind of feel sorry for. And I see yeah. the narrator as that. Like maybe Carly saw like something sad in her eyes or saw like maybe she needed some human comfort or something like, Oh, I'll give this girl a chance here. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, go ahead. Let's help me out. And, like I kind of get that, you know, I got that vibe stronger from it that played in my brain. And I was like, I wonder if anybody else would see that, you know, mm -hmm. but that's what I kind of got out of it. Like her putting on a mask, to, you know, yeah. to fool, to fool this girl because obviously her plans are nefarious and, things are going to go pretty bad for her because it's a short story and we're already almost to like the big way up moments of it. So <laughs> they uh, trudge the, the box up there, you know, in their apartment and uh, the narrator, like, you know, they're having a nice little chit chat talking about going to put this together. And like, you know, Carly offers her, Hey, would you like a drink? She's like, yeah, I'll take a diet Coke. You got any ice? So, as the girl goes into the kitchen to make drinks, it's then when uh, the narrator decides that she's going to strike her and uh, kill her so she can go on with her plan. So um, as she's making the drink, she hollers back, hey, you know, I'm out of ice. And what's funny, she says, like, something was helping her along the way. Like, she was never this stealthy before, quiet. She was already upon <laughs> her when she had that. She had a vase in her head. So when the girl turned around and said, hey, do you want ice? She's there. Like, she bashed her over the head with the vase, caused her to have like this uh, horrific piercing wail in the apartment. And like, I have to stop her because there's people pounding on the walls all of a sudden, <laughs> like, hey, shut the fuck up in there. What yeah, are you doing? Blood. And like, the narrators, because she's never killed no one before, like, oh, I thought that would have knocked her out. She's yeah, always just bleeding I, profusely I, from I her love, head. Yeah, I love that bit. That she's like, it reminded me of, um, do you remember um, Wolf of Wall Street with Leo with the car when he thinks oh, he yeah. gets back home drunk? It was that. Like, in her head, she's this fucking ninja. And then right, she right, just right. fucks up. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. how's a vase going to kill someone? Or exactly. Someone like, and that made me laugh because it's like, well, why would you choose a vase, bro? It's like, because <laughs> she has at her house this whole, you know, we glossed over, but she has like a bag of like stuff she has prepared, like spices, a saw, yeah. tarps of, of giant uh, construction trash bags. And that's what you know? I mean. She kind of took this opportune moment or what she right. considered opportune and then fucked that up. And then she's trying to strangle the girl and she's like, Jesus Christ, how long have you got to strangle someone for like, Yeah, like, and this is that's ridiculous. awesome too. Cause like, it's she's like, getting tired. <laughs> yeah, because it's like in a movie, she's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I, it's like my arms are killing me. She's still <laughs> alive. It's like, it's so easy in the, in the, the damn movies to strangle someone. And, you know, you know, Carly's fighting for her life, obviously, and you know, nothing nothing goes as per planned because it was so yeah. spur of the moment. She was not prepared. So she wrote like uh strangulation is so much harder than it 
harder than it is on television. And she eventually suffocates her with a towel. So yeah. um, now we're here with her finally, you know, Car- you know, Carly's dad. Um, yeah, and then she gets but the problem with the fact that the body, like, even right, though she's she, just like just a little girl of a woman, like, it's, yeah, she's like, fuck, I gotta drag her upstairs now. <laughs> yeah, and she can't move her. Um, you know, she's dead weight now. She's immovable. She doesn't have her stuff. She's like, well, shit, I've got to butcher her mm-hmm. here. I've got to go to my apartment. And I got to get my, you tell, you, you know, my implements of hell. I got to bring all my stuff over here so I can butcher, <laughs> you know, butcher my meat. And uh, so she, uh, she goes outside and, you know, she's met by this elderly old woman with her toy dog mm-hmm. who's ex- extremely nosy, extremely inquisitive and extremely like, uh, like looking at the narrative, like, what are you doing? Who are you? So, I right thought off. um I thought this bit was a great setup for later. Yes. Like, because when she like leaves the gym bag down in the hallway to go somewhere and like the woman comes back with the dog, like I was so expecting the dog to fucking rifle through that bag. Oh yeah. Like I yeah, already read it... that part in my head. Like, yes. It was it's, such it was a little a red of... herring. Yeah, it was a lot of misdirection there, which I thought yeah. was really good because um uh the scene does good with um suspense for the main character because you feel like her kind of cornered by this lady as you're reading it because she's like mm. she's really wary of the narrator because she's well, she's flushed she's yeah, sweaty the old lady's annoying i'm like leave her the fuck alone like, i keep forgetting she just killed someone right like, just and, let and the, the old lady, be. it's none of your business if she's she is extremely annoying this old lady and i agree yeah. i'm glad you said that i was like Jesus, she should kill this old lady too. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she won't leave her alone. She, she's nosy. She's throwing herself, you know, just like a real older person is. They always got to like glob on to like, what are you doing? Or what is this? It's like, I, you, 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 you don't cross me around. You know, it's like, I, I live in this apartment complex too. I'll do whatever I want. We later find out a little bit more of why she's so uh leery of the narrator leaving uh carly's apartment mm. but at first we don't know what she knows so yeah we don't know that there's any relationship there right uh, we don't know we just think she's being a nosy old lady so eventually she says whatever she needs like oh you're peeking dear you know she calms her down enough to like oh you don't look well you should go home forget going to the gym just go to bed and the narrator's <laughs> like go to the gym and they're like what the fuck is she talking about and she's like oh the fucking gym bag yeah. And so she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. I'll go to bed. You know, she waits. The lady finally leaves. And then she goes about, gets her shit, goes back to Carly's apartment. And that's when she That was starts. another bit I quite liked, Louis. She doesn't wait very long. Like, she's not a pro at this. No, she she sucks. And, like, her her uh, her logging to get, get to the good stuff of cutting her open, eating the flesh. It's like, totally, you can, mm. it's like, uh, a mad nigga obsession like you can mm. see it like pushing her like go 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 and she's not doing things at all correctly she's half-assed everything and like she's yeah. definitely leaving tons of bread after doing a bit of pre-planning as well right right so and she's kind of done some pre-planning had, and then she's she had, just got too excitable yeah because she had tons of time to think this in her head prepare she had watched videos of like preparing meats mm. reading up on cannibalism like <laughs> did she she shadowed a butcher i think even to learn like how to properly cut beets i mean some real like 
due diligence on her part <laughs> and uh all of that goes out the window yeah. uh it everything starts going to hell in a handbasket that's another thing that i think besides that i didn't touch on was like the rolling ball of shit that the story's like like oh my god i'm getting stressed out it's like everything's yeah. going wrong nothing nothing goes as it's planned um you can feel like the suspense it's a very suspenseful short story yeah i mean i um, imagine that's probably why it had to be purely from her viewpoint right right like you I had agree. to get that in order to get that kind of stressful feeling like we said like being stressed with that old woman you're like just you're not yeah. wanting the woman to discover her because you're like even though you know she's just killed someone and who seemed quite a nice person right. you know, like because you're seeing it all through her eyes you're like just leave her alone for fuck's sake like and then you remember yeah. afterwards you're like oh no wait there fucking call the police it's like here <laughs> we are again we're, we're rooting for the bad guy like, yeah. <laughs> the narrative is insane and i'm like god damn i just want her to be able to take a breather and chill out it's like wait she just killed yeah, an exactly. girl <laughs> just just because she thinks that this is how she could be close to this girl it's very interesting because the only way she thinks she could be close to this girl is by adjusting her her essence and it's it's very very interesting like thought process i thought and um she, uh emma writes like at one point uh there could never have been anything between us, not in any other way but this hmm. act of what she's about to do. And I thought that was a really powerful sentence. Um, it's just like life. she's it's right. Really it's just like sentence. she's she's so used to like being alone and like being like this uh, damaged human that she knows she could never have anything with anybody. And it's it's it's, it's a very yeah, sad story. How have you wants her to kind of? regret her, react, her action yeah. or you know this could have been a friend this could have been someone you but she did not want any of that <laughs> like she's like no nope, yeah. just want to fucking eat her like, yeah and it's like wow it's like okay and it's like <laughs> it's this this one track obsession with something that may or may not even be what she wanted you know it's hmm. like she thinks that's what it is and so yeah she uh she prepares the body she removes carly's clothes she decides to obscure her face uh, because she mm -hmm. doesn't want to see it. And then she begins washing her prone still form uh, in, in order to get ready to cook it. And another, she's just so full of like these awesome quotes. After she looks at her, after she cleans her, she's about ready to start cutting into her. She's like, before me, all of her most sacred secret places are revealed. And it, it's like beautiful words. I just... <laughs> This, this book's so full of good quotes. <laughs> I just love it so much. And uh, I can't help myself diving my hands into ropes of intestine, burying my face against her liver, immersing my face in the sordid juices and bubbling my living air into the lifeless, thickening blood strings of it clinging to my face like syrup. Just, just amazing, like, brutal brutal passages mixed with all this beautiful like metaphors for like damaged and like lost relationships and things it just it just goes very well together yeah i think it was probably around this point that i was like okay like i hope you don't enjoy this yeah and 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 here's where the the, the, the crux of it is she uh removes uh carly's heart 
she decides to save that for like the dessert. She feels like that's the most sacred part. part. Yes. The most sacred part of a person is, is their heart. So she puts it, I feel like in the fridge freezer for now, uh, just so she can Mm. finish butchering the, the carcass. And then she begins the task of, of the, the butchery and the cleanup. She's shaking, sweating profusely, you know, at the work at hand. And then, uh, does she does she take the trash out first before she tries to cook? I always get a little yeah. Like, I think so, she, so because she keep, yeah, because then you got the bit with the fucking correct dog. So with the, no, she must cook a bit first because there's some like meat still isn't there in the bag. I I felt like uh, and I could be wrong and I, I I'm mad at myself because I, I can't remember. But I thought she took out the she only knew she could take out X amount. So like the tenderloins and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, right. yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she decided to throw away the, the, bulk of the, the rest of it, of it. And, yeah, and to hurry yeah. up and get back to her apartment and cook. Yeah, so that's right. Um, yeah. That's what, okay, good. Okay. Now we're on it. And so she goes <laughs> to throw the trash bags away and like they're heavy. Of course, it's got dead body parts in it. And, um, you know, and then she meets up with the old lady and the dog again. And the old lady's just as, inquisitive and sharp-eyed and like what are you doing there and this is now where we learn kind of why she's so invested in the narrator being at carly's apartment um it turns out that uh carly is an excellent dog sitter for her dog and she Mm -hmm. watches the dog all the time uh she asked the girl like the narrator like you know what's her name and like what's going on in there and like so she knows the name and like all this and that so it kind of makes the old lady mad she was sure something was wrong but then like when you think she's satisfied this old lady she comes back and she's like well well what's in the trash i know you you youngsters like like throw away good stuff yeah it's like jesus this old lady just won't quit she's like the yeah. most annoying person in the world fucking kill her already yeah, it, it just makes me laugh so much. And, uh, you know, she tells her it's just reeking garbage, nothing good. She promises it's all just trash. Yeah. So luckily sends her off on her way. And uh, she's like, well, she's in go right now. She's like, you know, stressed out. She's wanting to eat the flesh. She's dealing with this old lady. It's like all stressful. <laughs> she's not used to being a killer. And so she quickly gets back to her apartment. And... I think by then she's taking uh, Carly's remains up to her place, right? She's at yeah, her apartment. I think now. so, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, she quickly starts cooking the tenderloin to perfection, like, you know, <laughs> rare, just how she likes it. Um, and she takes a bite, and uh, the narrator says she tastes of nothing. So we know, <laughs> like, now everything's turned to total shit. Um, it's nothing like she had hoped for or she dreamed of. Um, it's it's repulsive to her. It doesn't taste yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is meant to be like a free moment, right? Like something fucking spiritual and you know, kind yeah. of life changing. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, she, oh, that's not good. <laughs> she was expecting so much. Like this was going to be such a trans transcendental thing to her and like, this was going to mean something. And this is the, this was going to fill that void that has, has been in our life and all this other stuff. And like, she says like grief, grief stricken from the fact, this is not because she killed somebody grief stricken <laughs> to the fact that the meat did not taste good. It, it was nothing. So grief stricken whales emanate from her mouth. 
before she knows what she's doing. And she quickly clamps her hand over her mouth to, uh, you know, to stop the whales from, you know, coming out of her mouth. And there's, in the background, you can hear, like, sirens approaching. People are banging on her wall because she's screaming and going insane, you know, freaking out. So, you hear a knock at the door, and it's the police. And, you know, they're yelling, let me in, let me in. And she's like, well, there's still the heart in the mm -hmm. fridge or freezer. There's still a chance this is going to be worth it. This this is going to be the thing that tastes amazing. It's like, so she quickly runs, you know, and pulls it out, you know, and as the police break down the door, she's gnawing on this huge <laughs> heart, which is nothing but a muscle, you know, she, she it's it's rubbery she's saying and she's doing her damnedest to, to tear a strip of the meat off <laughs> and so she she finally does and of course it tastes terrible again you yeah. know and she gags she says as the meat slides down her esophagus and they burst in the door the police you know she drops the heart you know and uh she's like goes into herself, they said, as the police surround her into a ball. And uh, it, ends, um, it ends pretty powering, a uh, powerful uh, final quote where it says, burying herself inside her mind with the image of Carly, how she first saw her glimmering in the afternoon sun. And that's exactly how the story ends. And I think that's a really, really sad, powerful image, you know, because that image, even though it's from a sick person's brain, it's like, it's all their hopes and desires wrapped into something that should not, you shouldn't wrap your hopes and desires into a person or into like a feeling or, you know, it, you're just, you're just requesting like bad stuff to happen. And yeah, this is bent into a horror story where obviously the cannibalism, but this, this could be like for any like normal person. I think any person reading this could glean something important out of the story. Um, yeah, it was that idea of obsession, isn't it? But also the kind of the kind of writing it in your head, isn't it? It's that kind yeah. of like you you're you're trying to kind of construct something that's well out of your control. Like you've got no, you know, kind of you know, she's dreaming up a scenario basically, and yeah. it's just it's fucked from the beginning. Like as the reader, you can see like this is not going to go well for you in any possible way like there is right the best thing you can do is become friends with this girl and right enjoy you each other's company uh, uh, you know that that wouldn't be so bad like yeah I'm trying to eat her but yeah i thought it was funny when she just was like fuck i, I don't like the taste maybe the heart you're like why yeah. would the fucking heart be bad surely that's yeah that, that would know, be i'm worse. no cannibal but like i would think that the heart would be the worst thing to eat like right doesn't you, look you the tastiest <laughs> In terms of a, a romantic kind of scenario, sure, I get, I get where her brain. Yeah, I get the symbolism. The symbolism from a exactly. pure fucking like eating standpoint, like that's the last thing I'm ordering. Right, exactly, and I just think that that you know, it's it's just a really uh, interesting, you know, well written story. You know, just because so many people, we could all relate to that. You know, like even as a writer, you know, oh my next book's going to be this. I can, you know, I'm, I'm writing it in my head. It's going to soar off the shelves, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get a, a splatter pug award, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you're the, one of the most dangerous things, I think also probably one of the best 
people have is like they're the 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 hope in a person like even in mm. even like when it's against like your better judgment like people will still cling to that hope and yeah. it's it wins out over like your mind your you know the heart's wants what the heart wants type of thing mm. so uh i just feel like it's a very relatable story and i think anyone could read that and be like yeah i can i can understand maybe not you know to that extent but the gist of the story is uh yeah, you, you just you gotta be... you just gotta beware of like what you what you what you imagine versus reality, you yeah. know, reality versus expectations. <laughs> kind of like in Fifty First Dates. Did you yeah. ever see that movie? You know where it shows like a split screen of like how he um, hopes his date was going with Zoe uh, Deschanel versus yeah. how it really goes, and it's like so amazing versus so terrible, and like pretty sure must somewhere there you should watch it if you have it it's really oh, yeah, good it's been a while since i watched it yeah it, that, story that scene always movie, just actually, really yeah. really hurt 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 my heart just like watching them have to go through that like because we all done that we've all had these wonderful ideas of things and like it, it and then it's other shit you know yeah. you know not always but a lot of times in my youth you know what i thought was gonna happen was nowhere near where uh, no, my my reality versus expectation is yeah it's not the best of stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah i i suck at it so i gave up like i try not to think in those terms because it's like always like God damn it, why do i do that stuff but yeah exactly but, yeah no i like that aspect of it in this though i thought like like because obviously it's wildly extreme but I've, yeah it told that story really well yeah and I think that, yeah, anyone can relate to it. I, I like that it was posed in like a more extreme story, you know, that has, you know, something to say, you know, because people will be like, hey, well, you know, you guys write, you know, extreme horror, spiderpunk community sometimes get knocked on by people saying, oh, you write just crap, violence for violence sake, yada, yada, yada. We can add other stuff to it. You know, people, it, not... Sometimes a, a steak is a steak, you know, an apple is an apple, you know, not everything has to have some deep, intricate meaning all the time, but it's nice when it's there. But yeah, I mean, with I my like, own work, I always, all of my books are about something, but yeah, they're also like, if you just want to see the, the blood and the violence, it's there. Right. But this one, I, I think, wears its heart on its sleeve a little more. Yes. This one's more, uh, transparent with it's with with what yeah. it's trying to get across you know there's you know there's you know the underlying message but this story in itself which i kind of liked about it was like you knew the author's intent of the story yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't like strictly like kind of like buried under the the gore and i i like that but also i like a story that's gory that has a story <laughs> underlined i also like it when the story has no redeeming qualities whatsoever and it's just a violent bloodbath so you know I think that would be a podcast on its own at some point we'll have to get I, on I, one. <laughs> I think it should be because i think a lot of expectations of like people think of what something should be about or shouldn't be about is is, is pretty is pretty interesting the way uh like a reviewer or a fan or someone like well this maybe it should have been more this mm -hmm. it was like well that wasn't my intention i was like you'll know my intention if, if I, you, um, you know, so did you like the size of this one? Did you the, think, like, the size of this story? Did you think it was like a nice length or did it leave um, you wanting more? Or? 
it, did you it, see it, why it was as short as what it was it did leave me more i guess they consider this what is it called a chap book hmm. so it wasn't very long uh but i feel like yeah, it's probably yeah, it probably could have been like i don't know if maggot girl one was as long if not uh maybe it was but not by a lot but i feel this is probably about a i don't know for what the story was i think it was great you could tell like it was written in a way to keep the ball rolling mm-hmm. you know it was very uh it was written in a way where you could see like you were like on a el- uh, an express elevator going straight to hell like there was <laughs> gonna be no stops it was one one way and uh it was probably because it was meant to because it was supposed to be like a short story you know yeah. it's not you know um would i have liked to see like it expanded definitely i could have got more interactions with carly or more about the narrator's life you know um i think those two sections could have been longer for sure because i would like to learn maybe like her existence a little bit better and maybe how how her and carly you know worked more than you know but i get it it was written to be you know x amount of words and for that it's fine uh Anymore now, I kind of like the lo- little bit longer stuff, but the the pros and this uh, just really suck its teeth in me. And like, I just think it's worth noting this because I feel like this. Uh, I feel like this will be. I feel like she's gonna have a really good voice, and I'm really. Uh, she has a, a book coming out this summer called Crushing Snails, uh, kind of like a, a serial killer f- from a female's perspective. Sounds very interesting, you know. Sounds like something we'll all, you know interested in reading so i definitely uh i definitely feel like she's someone to keep an eye out on. so um yeah i wish it was longer um because i enjoyed it so much but maybe if it was longer i would have found some qualms or something and maybe this was the perfect link so you know i i i'm not one to like usually like an author needs to do this you know it's like because i feel like most authors have a strong gut feeling of what works yeah, Nine times I out think, of ten, I feel like most authors know what they're doing. You yeah, know, for I the most the part. Length, to me, I think the length worked. I think it just it gave you enough of what you needed for the story to work really well, and it was mm-hmm. pretty lean, right? Like, there's no part of the story yeah, that you can take it out. It's very all lean there for to serve yeah. the main purpose, and I feel yeah, like there, there was no wasted maybe, words. If it was a bit longer, you're maybe padding the joke as well. Like the fact that she doesn't like the taste is kind of the punchline. So yeah, making it too long might take away from that, maybe. Yeah, and that I it's probably for the best. Like I agree now. You know, like I said, I always could have just because I love the story. It could have been longer, but then also it might have diluted something. So yeah. probably it's best the way it was. So we'll just leave it at, leave leave it at that and. And yeah, tell everyone to go read it. I think. I think a lot of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. And uh, I, she uh, let me know her kind of uh, the genesis of the story. Uh, uh, she, this is her words. Uh, I got the idea when listening to a crime podcast about a cannibal killer, and I was like, "Hmm, I want to went through his mind," which most authors, that's exactly <laughs> all we need. Uh, and then I ended up turning the story into a woman's point of view weaving in the taboo logging. And I really tried to make it a story about how reality always differs from idealized fantasy. I also did a lot of research on real cannibals, how they said humans tasted and their experiences and research on butchery. 
LOL. So mm. we nailed it exactly what she was going for. Um, yeah. I had to do my own research for that once upon a time for a Christmas horror. And yeah. Yeah. Apparently women taste better than guys. So I think that's why she changed a few like really well there. There we go. See, yeah. now you're teaching us more stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I put it in the script. Oh, well, like, we'll have to that. find out <laughs> now, right? Steven? Yeah. Let's, let's put it to the test. Yeah. Let's do our own meta story. <laughs> Let's eat some people tonight. What's up? <laughs> I mean, that's probably a good place to finish. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was short but sweet. But yeah, everyone, Excellent. check well, it out. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, definitely put a link. Even to put the link. Yeah, it's, it's a bit and, hard uh, to get hold of. So. Yeah, it's not it's not as easy. But uh, uh, the website it downloads perfectly as EPUB. So I mean, yeah, I just downloaded an email on my phone to my Kindle app and. It appeared in my my actual Kindle as well, so easy. Uh, the yeah, book came so. relatively fast. Uh, I did want to say it came with some cool stickers and a recipe on how to cook a human being. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. I forgot about that. I don't know if that was from a real serial killer or a real <laughs> cannibal, but that was definitely unexpected to see that. So that was neat. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's beautifully presented also, the chat book, and it's filled with all these really beautiful, morbid uh, drawings. Um, that kind, uh, you just have to look at the cover of the book and you kind of see kind of like how it goes. There's one that shows uh, Carly's heart uh, being pulled out of her uh, cut open chest. That's really neat. There's some other things where she watches Carly as a picture. So kind of like sort of if, if you're used to Aaron Beauregard's work, it's got accompanying pictures of different scenes throughout uh, the book. And that was nice, I thought. It was definitely a, a very nice-looking, glossy uh, setup for the chat book. It looks very nice. Um, so it's definitely worth, uh, I think, worth owning. Uh, but yeah, definitely all good stuff all around. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think definitely go check this one out. And I think afterwards, like both of us, you'll be waiting for a longer book to come out. Yes. Exactly. Uh, uh, the, so, yeah. the crushing snails this summer. We'll we'll be excited to see that book. Yeah, I'm sure. Her we'll first official novel, I think. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Otis, and doing both parts. That's awesome of you. Yeah, no problem. I was glad to do it. I had a had a good time talking about two really good stories. So definitely Excellent. check them both out. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and yeah, I'll speak to everyone again soon. See you all later. Bye. Bye.